Hello everyone and welcome to Artist Date episode, I believe this is 21. I am Pedro Bonato, this is Jana Kobarnitska, and in this show, you, which you can watch both in video format, uh, on YouTube, Rumble, everywhere, and in audio format too, as a podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere, uh, we talk about our lives and our experiences traveling, working together as artists, and uh, everything in between, sort of, and uh, a lot of, uh, let's say, artistic and personal explorations. And now that we are back to recording these episodes, uh, we decided to give you this one, which will should be kind of interesting, I think. Yeah, we typically have the tendency of, like, you bring one topic, I bring another topic, and then sometimes we have some sections talking about some suggestions or ideas, but I think today's episode will be about the topic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to bring it up right away, because I'm about to have a very interesting experience in my life. Literally tomorrow evening, I am going to go and start a Vipassana course. For everyone who doesn't know what is Vipassana, it's sort of a meditation course. It's a 10-day meditation course. I almost can call it silence meditation, but it's not really silence meditation because uh, you have uh, like little daily lectures. I think it's like one hour at most per day. You see a video lecture about the meditation uh, that guides you. Um, and you're not alone. It's not like you're closed in the room. There are other people in the course that sometimes you do meditation in the room, sometimes in a hall with everyone, but it's not about communication. So although there are people, other people there, it's all about you. And even by the policy of the course, they ask you to try to be on your own, trying to avoid like eye contact uh, or any communication. Uh, with other people because it's all about concentration on yourself and going through your own personal process and it's gonna be an interesting process from both uh, a physical and emotional psychological point of view from physical point of view the first thing is that it's all about meditation so all day long you basically sit and meditate there are some stops there are some little breaks but there are like two three hour non-stop meditations and suppose you're supposed to sit and not move during meditation. You just work on breath, on thoughts, uh, etc. And they're typically not guided meditations. Uh, it's like you see the lecture that helps you to figure out what is even how to meditate. Like start from the basic and then going more deeper in the process of how meditation can be transformative. So it's this whole day of uh, sitting and I already got my meditation caution <laughs> with a mat, but I know it's challenging from perspective of physicality and some people in between trying to stretch, trying to do exercises, but again, you're not really supposed to go too uh, much into physical activity during this course. It's more about the process of meditation, be on your own with your own thoughts. Uh, so that's one challenge of how to sit through and I already received uh, from a friend of mine who did meditation like some suggestions like okay you have to keep your back straight and don't get any like chairs meditation chairs or anything like that because once you relax your back you think you relax but then it will screw you up in terms of physicality physical pain and soreness of muscles but also another aspect of physical um struggle during this course is that you every day 4 30 i believe 4 30 a.m it's your wake up uh 
you meditate, then you have breakfast, then you meditate again, then around noon you have lunch, and that's your last uh, food of the day, last meal of the day. At the end of the day you may have some tea, but it's without food or sugar, it's just like tea. All food is uh, vegetarian, I believe. I'm not sure if it's vegan or vegetarian, but like no meat or anything like that. But that's not really the <laughs> main problem for me. It's more like this uh, regime of like 4.30 a.m., get up, uh, and noon, like stop eating afternoon after lunch uh, break, and going through this physical challenge of sitting on a spot, meditating, focusing on yourself, and another physical, but no, it's not physical, it's more psychological struggle, is that not only you go through the process of meditation, which can bring some positive things, can bring some, I can't say negative things, but some struggles, emotional struggles that you need to process, but also another emotional thing, it's gonna be uh, no access to any technologies. Meaning no computers, no phone, no music. They even ask not to bring any books, any journaling. You are not supposed to do any other activities like that. Although, I mean, technically books and journaling were technologies at some point too. Yeah. So <laughs> no technologies at all. And in terms of us, uh, personally, it's going to be first time ever since we start, since we are together, that it will be 10 days of absolutely no connection. I mean, you'll have emergency contact, you will be as emergency contact there, but in between us, it's supposed to be absolutely no uh, no contacts, anything like that. Yeah, it would be funny. The, uh, well, of course, like uh, we had many times that either I was traveling or Jana was traveling, and so like we were like months apart, like that happened, but we always were able to talk to each other basically on a daily basis, right? And uh, and this will be the first time that it's not the case. And on a regular basis, we are basically 24-7 together, living, working, traveling. So it's going to be quite a contrast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will. Uh, but it's something you wanted to do for a long time, like it's sort of like this mind boot camp, the sort of like how I... Uh, how I see these uh, these kinds of things, and then of course, like every day, I come up with a like. A, sometimes I tell, sometimes I don't. A, di a different joke about the situation. It's like, woman, if you want to not talk, you can do that here. But I am the talkative one, as you can probably uh, have gathered from this. So, uh, but um, but yeah, like it it should be uh, interesting. I, we have uh, like a lot of work for me to do too, like uh, like here. So that will be like, like interesting ten days too for for me to to just focus on uh, on my own stuff, and uh, yeah, and we should uh, maybe even even mention like I I'm comfortable like mentioning this that both of us like since the like since we came to to Brazil after the like the war in Ukraine started and the, all the if you catch if you caught the previous episode you've seen the all the like like not all but a few of the let's say little incidents that happened since uh, since we came here and all like the, dealing with the struggles and, and all that stuff that referred to the previous episode uh, but then one thing that happened also like uh, it's been what a month and a half that happened since I, I came to Curitiba is that I finally decided to try to do like therapy so like uh, and it's uh, like uh, analysis then it's like with a Jungian trained psychologist and like Jungian psychology is the one that I, I, uh, I don't know, like I am, 
I wanted to try for many years to see what it was, like independently of, uh, at least to me, it was always like, oh, if you wanted to do uh, therapy, sort of like to deal with like trauma and the things like that. And to me, it was always like, well, I don't really have trauma, so like, why would I do this? And then I slowly got like, huh, no, but there is some stuff that I was not happy with. So then I decided to... Um, to deal and the, the interesting thing is that even in a couple sessions uh, you get so at least I was lucky enough to get so much out of the of the the conversations that certain problems that have been happening for years they were instantaneously at least reshifted in my mind if not solved uh, so that was cool and then it would be at least the way that I see it is like for this 10 days that uh, at least one of the main things that were uh, that was uh, suggested or discovered doing my, my this therapy stuff that I was doing was that how much my focus is outward into like helping family, helping friends, helping uh, like doing like the practical part of business, but then my own um, like creative um, work was being sort of like left aside. I always saw okay everybody else first and then me. It was sort of like how, how I saw. And then I thought, oh, okay, cool. Like in this 10 days, I will basically, aside from work stuff, I will be basically obligated to focus on myself, right? So that would be an interesting like polarity of what you are going through, which is trying to focus deeply on your, like whatever you're doing. Actually, I don't really know we'll why. We'll see. We'll see if you'll have, um, if you will be obligated because I, you have already the list of things that you need to do for the business. <laughs> <laughs> and that practical stuff. Yeah, for me, like, I also had experience with therapy uh, for longer than you did. And my situation was different because I actually did have a trauma that I was trying to process. And there was quite significant progress, but still working on in something that in any way, uh, with my experience of several different psychologists, several different therapists throughout quite a few years, I kind of realized the how much uh, therapy is, uh, how to say it, uh, stereotyped. <laughs> it's like, oh, if you go into therapy, there is necessarily something wrong with you. And in my case, it was due to trauma. So you can consider oh, maybe something wrong with you. But then the things and the questions and the process that brings and the questions that are brought up during therapy they're kind of like beneficial for absolutely everyone and like your example you didn't have any particular you know like trauma or like struggle in terms like oh that's something the problem it was more like generic but there's always so much baggage that we uh, carry with us and Trauma is not necessarily a specific event that happened. Traumatic, it can be some just layer of thoughts or inner beliefs that got in us. Not necessarily even with, I don't know, from someone with bad intentions. It can be just from circumstances. It can not come from outside world or other people. It's just something that is deeply kind of engraved in us and it influences our day-to-day -day decisions in a way that we don't even realize because we often, if we got used to certain patterns in life, we don't really question them very often. And then you have opportunity uh, to work, let's say, with therapists uh, that really can unlock a lot of things 
uh, and show the blind spots. And it's not like therapists even tell you what to do or what not to do, or this is wrong or this is not. Like the therapy for someone who may not never did the therapy, or at least the professional therapy, because I assume there are different therapists too out there, but professional therapy, it's more like the psychologist will maybe comment with something or usually they will ask questions directing you to find your own answers for things or they make comments something from their perspective so they're not even telling you you should do this or uh, this is right or this is wrong but they will see how they will tell how they see your picture and sometimes hearing it from from sort of other perspective other person's side how they see what's going on can really unlock a lot of things. Yeah, like, um, I don't know how other, uh, like, um, therapy, like, styles, I don't know, psychoanalysis, psychodrama, like, there's all sorts, I don't know, like, there's the one with the, like, you have to follow the I thing, I forgot the name of the, so there are, like, uh, like, this cognitive behavior therapy, which I know it's much more, uh, like, um, action-based, so I don't like. I'm sure there are all sorts of different ways of uh, of doing uh, therapy. There's not a stereotypical one. In uh, the my case, what I was doing is basically I talk a bunch. And then the the psychologist usually, like in in at least in the sessions that I've done, he did one comment that was on spot and stuff either that I did not know or I didn't consider on that point of view. So that was very, very interesting. And, um, and seeing things from like, cause usually I was used to doing, for example, like uh, journaling, something that I even mentioned on the, on the, on the podcast, on the, on the art, on Artist Day show before, that I was doing like this journaling and this thing. And then I was, uh, for many years I, I did journaling. And then now I'm almost about a thousand uh, days non-stop doing journaling that I was trying to do more from a discipline point of view but one thing that I noticed and this is just a, a little thing right that it's like to me it was like okay cool like because everybody says you should do journaling there is like some people to say like things you're grateful for and all that and that was basically journaling and I was using an app which I actually like very much uh, it's called day one I think they're only available for Apple devices but I'm sure on other advices there will be too, but uh, well, the cool thing that it has, or at least maybe not so cool thing, is that you can see what happened a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, as many years as you've been journaling, right? You can see where you were, like literally physically see like all oh, the map because it geotags you, um, which I thought was so useful, right? And so cool. And now in terms of analysis of yourself, you see, oh, this happened before. I got this idea actually from Pendulet, the magician. Uh, from Penn and Teller and he said that he does this like he does journaling and then he sees the journal from a year ago and 10 years ago right he does it by hand uh, and then I thought oh it's so interesting but then what was my, like my stuff that was like a lot related to guilt and to shame and then thinking ah, I have the same problem for this many years and this and that and uh, one of the things I'm not going to get into like the details of what the psychologist said but I think this was useful just as an illustration that he said you're getting this crumbs of shame that you as if you're feeding yourself from that you that you think it's food because you think it's going to get you better but it's actually poison and then I'm like huh so i i would never have never thought of let's say the damages of something that i was doing if it was not 
being reflected back by the therapist. So independent of the specific example, uh, it was like uh, very interesting to see. And then in my case, I was lucky that at least certain things, maybe they were already ready to be solved, right? And then certain things that I'm still working on and I'm like sort of like perplexed because I'm like, okay, I know the problem. I sort of like you have the diagnosis, but you don't know what the... Um, what the prescription mm -hmm. is. So that's sort of like uh, where I am, but I'm I'm trying to see like every time I do like uh, this session, sort of like an opportunity to unlock these things and being more like, I'm already very open, <laughs> but I to be even more open about what to, what to do. And I'm very curious, like, uh, I, it's funny, like I have no, I, I'm not drawn to the idea of um, of vipassana. Maybe I didn't study it much, but to me, it seems like it's cool. But I would rather go on an ayahuasca trip. Oh yeah, and then trying to solve through like diff like not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking that uh, like. But I, anyway, I'm not I'm not um, a drawn to it. Maybe someday like uh, i will be be interested in this but one thing that i was thinking that is so interesting uh, that it will probably be that would be a first for you for sure probably i've never had this experience which is not be around technology for a long time right yes yeah. by technology i mean communication technology right because you have lights on the place so you have a building so yeah like in terms of like phone and computer okay let's remember that 10-15 years ago it was completely different and if you were addicted to phone it probably was some uh, game on the button of phones or something like that but it was, it was not about communication with other people it was not about social media it was not about um, this urge to fulfill curiosity or just uh, if you're bored you go on the phone it was not the case so at some point we were all way less connected to technologies in this sense but of course there are other technologies there for me i am um i don't know i go through the range of emotions and my approach right now to vipassana because i wanted to do it for quite a few years i think first i discovered and heard about it when it was we were in canada already but it was kind of like okay something i looked around looked at it but it was last year, so we were already in the mindset, oh, let's maybe do something else, go out. It was never really a thing. Then in Ukraine, I started looking at Vipassana. But for me, 2020 was very difficult in terms of like psychologically. And that's where I kind of started going into therapy. And I was not in the right mindset to go to Vipassana because Vipassana can unleash and can help to process a lot of things. But I feel it's just my judgment. It's not like any professional, like, I don't know, something. But if you are in the right spot, it can really screw you up. I still don't know how psychologically I come out of those 10 days. Maybe I'll be like that too. But I was, back then, was really not in the right mindset. So even although I looked and I was checking dates and places and they do it all around the world. It's not like in Brazil thing. It's literally in every country of the world, I believe, there will be Vipassana courses, uh, which are free. They are not paid, but it's kind of difficult to get into it. And then they are, they are functioning on the donation basis. So after the course, you can donate uh, money to support, like let's say, next 
next round of the course for next students. That's how they approach it. So I looked in Ukraine, but I never really was like, okay, it's not a good timing. Then we start actively traveling. And uh, I was keeping an, an eye on it, but it was like, okay, at some point. And then we came almost a year, 10 months ago to Brazil. And we came because of the war in Ukraine, which is also right now another like sort of for me, like, is it really a good time to put away technologies and not know what's going on with parents, my parents in Ukraine, which is big question mark. That's why I was still the last moment thinking, can I do it? Can I not do it? But I'm going for it. So let's see and let's hope nothing, no emergencies happen. But uh, in Brazil, when we already were half a year in, um, like emotions, they were very tough regarding war, but they settled a little bit not to go to the extreme edges of how difficult it was to process all the events that were happening in Ukraine. I actually started looking in Vipassana and actually applied to one Vipassana in Brazil here. But I got on a waiting list. And then there was too much uncertainty with what's, what we were doing, what we were about to do. Then they couldn't give me right away the answer, yes or no, am I accepted or not. So I basically didn't get in that. And then we came to Curitiba and just by chance, there is another Ukrainian ballet dancer who is also currently lives in Brazil. And she had experience of Vipassana and on one of her stories, she just mentioned, oh, there is this course coming up, I want to do it. And then I was like, oh, and it's in Curitiba, literally, the city where we are right now. So I applied and I got in and it's like the journey, few year journey that I was like, okay, now maybe it's not the best time, but at the same time, is there such thing as the best time, especially for this kind of processes? Maybe it gets interrupted with some emergency. I don't know, but I'm willing to give it a try to see because I got there in the course, they accepted me. It's in the city. It's literally like 10, 15 minutes on the car from where we live. I don't need to go to another city. Uh, it's aligned with some business projects and, and flow. Like it, it gives me a lot of like, as if universe gives me opportunities, of course, not completely flawless, but I am. So I was exciting, very excited about this experience. And the closer, of course, Vipassana gets, and literally we are recording the day before it starts, um, the more, not doubts, but different emotions come up it's like oh, i don't know or different mood swings like because i realize that it can be it probably will be a very tough process from physical and from emotional point of view so it's like do i really want to do it to myself like trying to find like external excuses uh, but at the same time i just keep reminding myself that Earlier, I decided that I really want to make 2023 a year of learning for myself and a year of growth. And I see Vipassana right now as one of those uh, stones. Like for me, it, it's a whole process, not just Vipassana, but like even at the end of 2022, I started exploring some different dance styles. Like I'm in tribal fusion ballet dance, which is still related to ballet dance, but it's not my main specialty, working with a teacher, taking classes that are outside of my comfort zone. 
I want to do this Vipassana, which I stopped therapy for quite a long time. So for me, it's kind of coming back to this internal things that I know will change hopefully for better and hopefully change hopefully it's not going to be experience like it was worthless but at the same time it's experience and now you know how it works for you works or not works for you so anyway could be beneficial but it's still like this learning process of growth and i still have this plans and ambitions i wanted 2023 explore more dance wise study i want to do some business course coaching to really help to push myself and feeling myself to the next level it's like opening more doors because i'm really tired of this feeling of being stuck and sometimes you need to have external help experiences or and help i'm not necessarily like therapy help like help by some different course some different coach some different uh, approach to life business art or whatever it is so that's how i kind of see vipassana and i guess next episode will be afterwards so i'll share how it actually went <laughs> yeah so the at least to me the only uh like not issue concern but like thoughts that i have first of all like as you mentioned like uh usually you are in daily contact with your parents and uh in in Ukraine and trying to see if everything's okay with them and uh, they had a lot of uh, power outages all across Ukraine and they still having those so um, like they would have sometimes what a few hours of electricity during the day sometimes and uh, access yeah. to communications and all that and that would basically be just like while we were doing this it would be like the like to, with me you check with your parents and uh, and of course like bad news travels so like uh, I, I of course both and Ian and I we keep an eye on uh, on news about Ukraine like uh, daily we so if there is anything that is let's say more tragic uh, and more uh, present will like I know where you're gonna be like uh, and uh, they have like emergency phones and all that stuff so that's sort of like covered let's hope that's not the case yeah I hope that we can uh, when you get out of Vipassana you can see that uh, there was a so solution to this uh, to this war right inshallah but like that would be but that actually reminded me of uh, like that on a well I don't know I don't know dark humor kind of thing that it's like there was this actor i forgot his name i think it's I know jared leto i think it's his name i don't know i can't remember but it's a dude that right before the pandemic he went into one of these silent meditation retreats things and uh it's a famous dude that i think it's jared leto and i'm sorry if it's a different uh, actor different artist uh but when he came out suddenly it was everything locked down it was like he came out like mid-March 2020 so suddenly that and then I thought well we said so we had a pandemic we had war we had disease now it's aliens right so uh, I'm hoping for the aliens if they're good and nice and they'll solve a lot of these things so <laughs> yeah we'll see about that but but it's funny it's just one of those things that um, I keep thinking that there's that book I think it's the Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance it's a strange name, but it's a short, interesting book. I think Tim Ferriss mentioned this the first time. Uh, but it's uh, I, the, this idea that you have like different kinds of activities that are enlightening, right? So we have uh, some people have, I don't know, I remember all the stuff that I tried to do through time uh, was like, okay, if you become 
I don't know, an actor, you can get this and this and this uh, reward. And then beyond the reward, you have this transcendence. Then you have fencing, which I did, or Aikido, or Kendo, all this. Um, or with any movie about dance, if you talk about ballroom dance, for example, it's usually how do you get more in touch with yourself. So there's always a transcendental element of archery, like gun shooting, whatever thing, like going on a bike ride, like whatever, right? It's always about the transcendent aspect of it. And there is this idea that you can find transcendence everywhere, mm -hmm. everywhere and anywhere. Uh, and then there are, let's say, different tools that you can use to do that. And I was thinking, like, I think I even mentioned to you that I always, even though like Vipassana or these kinds of things were not of my interest, specifically, but I always thought, oh, what if you go to like a Shaolin temple or, or mm -hmm. things like that? But then to me, the problem is, I think that's much more about maybe it's not necessarily a rational way of thinking about things. It's more of a mask of a, of a, of a, of a shield. Because I always thinking like, I think I even mentioned that to you that so many of the monks in all these uh, like places, they are basically drugged out of their minds and amphetamines and whatever, because it's come on, let's, if you have to go that not 10 days, but throughout life, you get bored to that. Just like a lot of um, uh, priests and, uh, and nuns, they also get problems with alcohol in those places. So I always was very skeptical of finding um, enlightenment through places that they are selling you that you know Go ahead. yeah there, i'm absolutely sure that exists both sides and both extremes like some people are going through like a spiritual process some people try to go spiritual process but it ends up with these examples of like being drugged to be able to withstand it um, physically and there are also now a lot of so discussions about the psychedelic experiences that using drug to get enlightened which i don't know i have no really opinion to say it sounds from the first reaction like skeptical, like come on, like enlightenment out of drugs, like specific ones. I'm not saying like, you know, all drugs, but like the psychedelic experiences. And at the same time, it's like, I don't know how much humanity doesn't know. So maybe there is something there. So I'm pretty sure experience, like it, it exists both. But I also know that you're very, very skeptical of so many things. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like, for example, even things like, for example, Vikram yoga, which is like this hot yoga kind of thing. And I remember I was very interested in that a lot of people doing that. So supposedly there are very cool benefits of doing hot yoga. But I was always against cults, let's say, like the gang. Like, I was always against cults, I was always skeptic of cults. I don't know, maybe I was raised that way. Maybe raised in a Catholic country, being not Catholic, then you're like, like, uh, well, not really trusting that. At the same time, as I mentioned, like, on the other side of that, is that a lot of good is done from your own... Um, for example, like, just to make a com like analogy with martial arts, the things that I used to find so incredible about like martial arts, you know, like the personal development, the self-control, the discipline, the enlightenment, the like dealing with your fears, dealing with your uh, joys or emotions, some Confucian ideas, all sorts of things that are very cool. And then I remember going to a gym and then seeing the, in Brazil back then, the jiu-jitsu guys, and they're basically fighting. Like, they would go outside and fight, they would taunt other people. I'm like, that's not why we're doing, like, uh, martial arts. 
And then at the same time, there are other places where that exists, right? So it's sort of like the luck of the draw of trying to find, um, of trying to find a place that brings you that. But even more than that, it's sort of like the idea that you can find it anywhere. Even with Vikram Yoga, there's even a Netflix documentary about how the guy that was responsible for that, uh, the creation of that, was doing a lot of bad things on with like um, like sexual abuse and whatever of his followers, mm. which is the common denominator in cults, right? Uh, which again, I'm not talking about Vipassana at all, like in this situation. But it's like my mind always goes to hmm, what's in that for them and what. Huh, come on, guys. At the same time, one thing that I noticed maybe after therapy and things is how much of that skepticism is maybe, even though, let's say, rationally, it's justified, but why you focus on that is because of, um, a, let's say, a personal fear of getting engaged with something that will actually transform you. Mm -hmm. So the fear of being fooled will stop you from actually getting wisdom. Right, that's my let's say critique of my own skepticism, which is a very skeptical way of thinking. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but in any case, I think like what I'm going through, like just to maybe sum up the things, like what I'm going through of going through uh, this rebuilding of, of a lot of the way that I'm seeing is like getting my energy back in myself, which is something that even the 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 psychologist was talking about. Your energy doesn't seem to be new. It's somewhere else. So how do you shift that focus of, okay, let's see. Because you sort of like that Peterson idea of uh, treat yourself as someone that is worth helping, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what you are doing is like something you've, you've wanted to do for so long and you finally have like the opportunity to do like the, the Vipassana retreat. So I think that would be like very cool both like for me to have that, uh, that, um, that experience and for you to go through it. I think also I should mention that we are recording today and uh, thank you Linda Hathor for letting us use your studio again here in Curitiba, this beautiful uh, Belladon studio, um, uh, Hathor studio where we are recording right now. And, uh, but we just recorded like, um, uh, like choreographies and things, a lot of things like here. So it's sort of like we're in preparation for something like Vipassana or for our travels, which will start in March again and all that. You start consolidating a lot of the work, seeing what's important, what's not, what are the blind spots and the, what we need, how, what we need to optimize, what part I do, what part Yana does, and even us sometimes swipe. Uh, yeah, like uh, not swipe, yeah, swiping that, like uh, exchanging. So Yana does some like of the stuff that usually I would do, and I do some things that usually Yana would do, and we and so even for us with the business growing, the idea of getting it to uh, to get uh, assistance and eventually other people to join the business too. So uh, it's all like sort of like this connection, and I think one of the main things that it's what is actually the thing that transforms in the end is you seeking something, right? So as long as you're seeking that thing and going through that, it, um, it will bring some benefit. Yeah, but definitely change is a scary thing for people. That's why people often get stuck in jobs that they hate for years and years and years 
Uh, that's why they may not allow themselves to go and attend finally the dance class that they dreamed about because it will bring change in their life and in themselves. That's why there are so many uh, sad situations that family members or relatives or friends do not support your new whatever exploration, activity or anything else because they see change in your lifestyle that they may bring change to you and then as a consequences it will bring change to them because they will need to communicate with you with your new yourself so change is definitely scary but change is something that gives growth and that's why i think like the closer to vipassana i was like i was so excited in the beginning and then the closer i was getting the more sort of Itching inside starting getting because I do realize that it probably will change. Actually, I hope it will change something in me that the process will not be just a waste of 10 days. It will bring some changes, but changes are always scary because you don't know what exactly will be changed. So that's on the emotional level. And of course, there is a practical side that also on top of everything that like we are preparing for soon start traveling again actively. Like now we're in Brazil. Yeah, we are constantly in the travel mode, but it's more relaxed. It's more relaxed in terms of very tense, focusing on business and like things, operational things that needs to be done. And then there'll be small active travels in terms of exploration of country, city, etc. So we are preparing for that. But on top of that, I also had to prepare stuff for when I am absent because, yeah, I go to Vipassana, but I still have Bella Dance Life podcast. I still have Yana Dance Club and like, okay, social media, I'm pausing, I'm pausing my daily uh, dance videos, which I don't know if I mentioned what I started initiative. I don't think we Maybe do. we'll talk about this later, yeah. like afterwards, but like I'm pausing this uh, personal initiative challenge for myself. Uh, but certain things cannot be paused. So, for instance, uh, Yana Dance Club, uh, we were recording a bunch of content and even tonight I will need to sit and show you, okay, next week publish this class with this like As text. If I don't I, know. <laughs> yeah, but I need to still prepare the text. I need to show yeah. you where the text. There is still all that stuff like this published here, this published there. So the students they have their process uninterrupted because that's our main like yeah, platform, main logistics business logistics. The podcast we I recorded two episodes in advance and already like pre-scheduled them to release. One of them is actually with you on a completely different uh, aspect and, and topic. Uh, sort of different, but not really. It's sort of like uh, it, it, we, were we were talking about dating a ballet dancer. That's sort of like the, the subject. And the, since I've been in the, not as a dancer, but as a, as a drummer and the photographer, like in this world for a long time, I've seen everything that, uh, every kind of relationship uh, that uh, exists there and the support or lack of support or actives demanding like girls to stop dancing and all that. And then we had a fun conversation about, uh, and I mentioned that it's sort of related because people sometimes, this transformation you seek through Vipassana, people are seeking through belly dance. So it's yeah. actually related. Oh, absolutely. I think absolutely any activity is at the end of the world is exploration of yourself. Either you go to Vipassana, or you go to a dance class, or you end start- End of the day, you mean, not end of the world. Oh, yes, end of the day. <laughs> Interesting where your mind well. is at. <laughs> Talking about some conscious fears. Uh, so uh, either you're going to the dance class or taking Vipassana or go, I don't know, do 
culinary like cooking classes or anything like that and there are two activities either you try to explore yourself or you try to avoid being with yourself and that's the technologies can bring that aspect into us i'm definitely not against technologies i think it's a great tool and it can give and bring a lot of exploration but then all those things that you keep saying indulging yourself like in the scrolling instagram without any purpose or watching tv hours and hours and hours instead of doing something that you actually want to do like either work related like i don't know business uh, side gig or anything like that or just for fun like exploring dance music art or f- going to gym or anything like that like when you start indulging in technologies instead of doing those activities that you want you kind of it's the second aspect instead of exploring yourself you are pushing yourself away from you yeah so We'll see how uh, that we'll do a before and after of Yana with Vipassana. At the end, she will either be like, hello, everyone, or she will be like, <laughs> I don't promise it's going to be exactly immediately after Vipassana, but shortly yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, cool. So uh, if you enjoyed this uh, this episode, give uh, um, um, a like on, on, uh, on YouTube and social media in general. If uh, Share with your friends if, you're, if you think it's going to be useful for them. Uh, let us know your questions or if you have any feedback for us. Um, and of course, don't forget also to check the Yana Dance Club platform. That's our Currently, one of the main uh, working projects, but it's a dance platform with many different dance classes. Training is uninterrupted, even if I'm away. There's a lot of really cool stuff there. Uh, Check it out. Link will be in the description to this video or just visit yanadanceclub.com. Yeah, so with that, we'll see you next time.